The year is 1926. Cars exist, but only 20 people have them, and they all crash into each other every day. Roads are made by getting hundreds of people together and having them all stomp their feet on the grass. Every train is robbed by bandits. The absolute only way to get from Missouri to California is by holding a compass and running. But you just found out about a cool new road two entrepreneurs lobbied the government for. <laughs> it's like most other roads, but it's long. It's called Route 66, and it's about to fix every problem in America forever. Join Dondre Sullivan and Gabriel Schweppes-Claudier on an audio journey across America. This is American Detour. Bringing you guided tours of incredible locations with amazing guests along for the ride. You're listening to American Detour. Hello and welcome to American Detour, the audio tour podcast hosted by me, Dondre Sullivan. And me, Gabriel Schweppes-Claudier. Today we are in the van that will be ushering us along the great American highway, Route 66. I can't even describe how excited I am for this episode. Pulling out of my driveway in my Rio and absolutely gunning it, just pumping Rooster by Alice in Chains and screaming as I head to the studio is one of my favorite things in the world. I'm a driving freak. I'm also an official verified Waze user, which is a badge you get from the GPS app Waze after witnessing over 150 car accidents. Gabriel and I bought this old, dilapidated van to restore in a five-part series on TikTok, but it bombed after the first vid, so instead, we will be taking it on a journey across Route 66 from Chicago to Santa Monica, guiding you through each state along the way. I burned the shit out of my hands with the foam insulation, and commenters weren't having it. This podcast, while intended for tourists physically visiting each location, can be enjoyed from anywhere. If you are on location on Route 66, though, we have made it possible for you to listen to this podcast as you travel state to state. It works out to approximately one minute every 98 miles if you are traveling an average of 120 miles an hour. For those of you on location, on the route starting point in Chicago, begin driving in 3, 2, 1. Established in 1926, Route 66 stretched around 2,400 miles through the heartland of America. It was created as a goof, kind of like how when someone with a football tells you to go long, and you do, and you keep going and going, but they never throw it. It was like that except for road building. It began in Chicago, the Windy City, once home to notorious gangsters like Al Capone, John Dillinger, and Steve Kerr. <laughs> the road ended in Santa Monica, California, because they ran out of asphalt right before L.A. The idea for Route 66 was developed by Cyrus Avery and John Woodruff in the 20s. The two got the gig the way all jobs used to work. They picked up the phone and told an operator to connect them directly to the President of the United States. And then they said to the President, we have an idea for a road. Though only partially paved by 1928, the Highway 66 Association created a transcontinental foot race along Highway 66 to drum up publicity for the road. I suppose the hope was that runners would run on it and think, imagine how much faster I could win this race if I were driving a car. 
Route 66 is commonly referred to as the Mother Road, having been given the nickname by author John Steinbeck. Steinbeck also decided that the Jersey Turnpike is the Father Road, I-80 is Baby Road, and U.S. Route 101 is Mr. Mailman Road. He built a whole little world of roads and pitched it around to the networks before giving up on a good life and just writing books for a living. The Illinois section of Route 66 begins right here in Chicago. Travelers making the historic Route 66 trip typically start their journey by taking a picture under the historic official road sign, slapping the bean, and taking an eight-week Improv 101 class at one of the city's more than 300 <laughs> improv theaters. Once you've done that, it's time to hit the road. As we exit the city limits of Chicago, we are met with the overwhelming nothingness that will comprise most of this journey. If you're not doing this ride with someone interesting, you're going to have a lot of gaps to fill in between seeing the largest rocking chair or whatever. After Chicago, the first Route 66 site to see in Illinois comes in Will County, in the form of a huge green statue of a man with a helmet holding a bomb. This is the Gemini Giant, a 28-foot-tall statue dedicated to the masked killer Gemini, America's first domestic terrorist. Head into the Launching Pad Diner to try one of their iconic fries or hamburger. Here's the, ah, fuck, we gotta turn around, I forgot something, Roadside Memorial. It serves to commemorate travelers 20 minutes into your road trip when you realize you forgot your camera or something and you say, ah, shit, in a way that makes someone else say, what? And then you, like, look in the glove compartment knowing it's not there, just kind of mostly to show everyone else that you lost something, and then they go, ah, Jesus Christ, and you just say, I gotta turn around. And they go, traffic's gonna give you worse going back this time. You say, it's my car, we're going to turn around. Uh, on the eastbound side of the highway here is Donovan's Thrift and Trinket Warehouse. While if I were him, this place would have a bunch of cool Americana and Route 66 antiques in it, all Donovan's got here are DeviantArt paintings of Alice in Wonderland if she were hot. Don't press him on the fact that that's not what an antique is, he really hates that. As you take the highway through the city of Joliet, certain stretches may feel familiar. You're probably recognizing landmarks from the episode of Comedians in Cars, where Jerry and Thomas Middleditch do a hit and run. Uh, now, in 1929, this spot up here is where an old Budweiser truck spilled over one time in the summer, and everyone cranked their Model T's into park, got out, and drank it off the ground. Except after drinking it, they looked up, and it wasn't a Budweiser truck at all. It was uh, just a petroleum tanker truck. Everyone involved died, except the driver of the truck. Now, for those of you familiar with Snuggies, the popular blanket with sleeves, the man who came up with that uh, struck a telephone pole and died right up here. Here comes the Fenstermacher family above-ground pool. Mr. F says, so long as you knock and say hello first, just about anyone using Route 66 can stop by and use this above-ground pool. Since we're in a dry heat climate, the pool stays open all year, and Mrs. F's 40-year-old brother Will is just about always in there holding a Miller Lite with just his nostrils above the water. As we cross the old chain of rocks bridge, we exit Illinois and head into the great state of Missouri. Our first destination, and one of the most popular along the entire Route 66, is Merrimack Caverns, a four and a half mile cavern system in the Ozarks, where it's said that Jesse James once hid from the law. Approximately five miles away, we'd be remiss if we didn't also mention the Roberts family medium-sized hole. In the entrepreneurial spirit of Route 66, the Roberts family of Missouri saw the success of the caverns and dug a medium-sized hole in their yard for tourists to come look at for a fee. Uh, up here on the left are the cows from those internet videos where a guy plays the trumpet and they all walk over to him and listen. Uh, everyone thinks that they love music, but no, it is that they are covetous, greedy creatures interested only in the resale value of the trumpet. 
50 miles beyond that, you'll want to pull over for an iconic hot fudge sundae at Smokey Joe's Ice Cream Cafe slash Hall of Monkey Fights. Established by former MLB pitcher Smokey Joe Wood, travelers used to come from all over to try Smokey Joe's 10 ice cream flavors and watch the spectacular Friday Night Monkey Fights. Huge bar-clearing brawls between monkeys Wood bought from the zoo before people got weird about that type of thing. Uh-oh, up ahead you'll see the largest tire in the United States. At 8 feet tall and 12,000 pounds, no other tire in the world compares. This is one big tire. Looking for some tunes to make the time go by? Folk singer Bobby Rucker's song, My Bus Broke Down on Route 66, but we got her up and running again, heavily involves the Missouri stretch of Route 66 and is over an hour long. Here's a big statue of Paul Bunyan experimenting sexually with Babe the Blue Ox. As you can see by the look on both of their faces, it's uncharted territory for both of them, but a welcome one. Religious groups protested the statue and got it changed. This version you're looking at now is the changed one, so you can imagine how bad it used to be. In the middle of the road up here, we have a large boulder that has been painted to look as if it is a tunnel. Now hey, you're no dummy, this can't be driven through. You saw it get painted for God's sake. But if this roadrunner didn't just run through it, no problem. As we exit Missouri, we cross the state line into Kansas. Yeah, not much anything here. So let's uh, just blow on by. Honestly, We're just gonna blow on by. You we might as well just, you just blow on by that. Blow on by. Just blow on by it, honestly. Let's just not even get into it. Let's just not even get. You're into just gonna it. blow on by just... it. Oklahoma. While you may not be rolling through in a Surrey with the fringe on top, you'll feel just as invigorated by its wide open plains and blue skies as a chorus member from the iconic musical named after this great state. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Oklahoma, home to some of the kitschiest sights on the historic highway. There's the Blue Whale of Catoosa, a large waterfront blue whale sculpture that, according to the artist, was built for his wife who loved whales. According to the artist's wife, whales are okay, and she regrets mentioning that she liked them one single time when they were randomly watching a show about whales. Up ahead about 20 miles is the ramp. If you want any chance of shooting over a huge gap, you better be going 115 or else you are not going to make it. 114 will not do it. If you have a Toyota Prius, just drive around the ramp. Do not fuck around with this. Of course, there's also the weird guy. <laughs> now, we don't want to spoil anything, but stop by this Texaco in Arcadia, Oklahoma, and see Route 66's famous weird guy. <laughs> He'll do a weird little dance and try to sell you some of his weird little sandwiches. We really don't want to spoil anything, but you just gotta pull over. Up on the left, you'll see another largest tire in the United States at 8 feet tall and 12,000 pounds. No other tire in the world compares. This is one big tire. Next stop, Tulsa. This city features the largest inflatable rat toy I've ever seen, and boy is it a kick. Standing just outside of a construction site that doesn't pay out overtime, you'll have to be quick if you want a goofy picture with this inflatable rat toy because everyone around gets really pissed at you for doing it. Here is the line where the dust bowl stopped and the fun bowl began. No thank you Dustin being sad. Hello candy and pizza and sex on a waterbed. While the Dust Bowl took place just in the 1930s, the Fun Bowl never ends and everyone's invited. Moving along, we reach Woods County, home to several historic popular Route 66 signs. The dunes just outside of town are where Joe Camel is said to have been killed by the FBI in the early 1990s. 
Uh-oh, here's the stretch of the highway where the bike lane and the car lane get switcherooed. It's only fair. Bikes now get a ton of space and cars get not enough space at all. Now, folks, something Dondre and I have wanted to do for a long time, a very long time, as we travel this country, aside from just, you know, describing exactly what we see and selling that audio and also a transcribed version of that audio as books, something we've wanted to do is talk to the people, you know, find out what makes them tick, why they chose to call these fabulous locations home. And today, we're joined for the first time by one such person, Uh, so... She's a business owner, specifically Route 66's famous Big Steaks restaurant. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dindy Marshall. Listen Dindy. to me. I don't care if that pancake fell on the ground. What? You Dindy, give that? that to the customer. I don't care. No, I don't have time. Hi, boys. Hi, sorry. Um, hello? Dindy, hi. Yeah. Dindy, is this hi. now? Is this now? It's now, yeah. Is this yeah, now? Well, we're in the restaurant and we're... Is this a bad time? It's, it seems like you're very busy. I'll tell you what, sir. What's your name? Darby? Don- Dondry. Dondry. This is Dondry. I'm I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel Schweppes Claudier. I don't care, uh, Gabriel. I don't care. I don't learn last names on principle. I don't have enough brain space. I don't. I got too many things up there. I'm going, what does table three want? What does table four want? What's my daughter's name? You know, I got those things all Uh the time. I don't have time for your last name, Gabriel the angel. It is well, yeah. It's just like the angel, actually. Oh That's exactly gosh. right. Are you are you very religious? Absolutely, you know it. And I love angels. I, you know what I, I sometimes say, I sometimes say that every customer is an angel. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Dottry. Uh, it is Dondry. It's totally fine. It's a very unorthodox name. But what I was going to say is that. What I love about this is your faith is so clearly on display here. I mean, all the religious iconography on the walls, mm. kind of decorating the whole thing. It really most, shows. Now most like diners a, have most diners have Americana kind of spread across the walls, and they have you know either little cars or. Do you boys know what my you know, favorite day of the year is? It is when you go to church and you go through the Stations of the Cross. You boys ever done that? You walk through, you really relive those horrible <laughs> moments. You remember that? Do I, I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I said to myself, I want to be thinking about that every day. I want to be thinking about that while I'm having my flapjacks. So I said, well, I'm going to put that right in. I'm going to put that right here, and and, and then that way I can kill two birds with one stone. So, yes, now that, I mean, now that I'm really looking at it, it is a very kind of clearly defined Stations of the Cross here. Uh, that's right, yes. Yeah, so you're, you know, hopefully you sit at one, and the next time you sit at another, and slowly but sure, it's also kind of a marketing tactic. Don't tell that to the good Lord upstairs. <laughs> but no, it's a marketing tactic because people <laughs> who might not know the story, then they'll come back and they'll have to go all the way around so they complete it all. Well, that's so interesting that you said that, Dindy, because, you know, so much of Route 66 <laughs> as, as we travel is... Uh, it's all about the marketing, right? And so th- this route was just such an artery through the heartland of America. And so to get people to pull over, to get a stranger to pull over, you know, you saw a lot of funny billboards. You see a lot of statues. You see a lot of art. And then with yes. you, you see what, what from the outside looks like a church. But then where it, where it would say church, it says big steaks. Big Texas big steaks. I think you might have missed the Texas. Texas big steaks. Texas big steaks. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I just thought that Te- you Texas were just saying the state. Well, and so 
I, I thought that was pretty clear. You know, I said, sure, it might look like a church. Everything about it looks exactly like a church. People do get married here. People get baptized here. But if I say Texas Big Stakes, I think you know what you're getting yourself into when you walk in here. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure about that because, again, it is very, I mean, even as we walked in, I did turn to Dondria and I said, are we in the right place? And we, and there is the greeter who's an older right. man uh, outside and he is just handed us a pamphlet and there was nothing about it, no menu, nothing like that. Um, but I, I was handed a collection basket pretty quickly um, and had what looked to be like parish I, yeah, checks. We did well, some of the flapjacks and it was just the little, the little tiny breads. Um, just very small little circles. Are you talking of bread. about communion? <laughs> well, I ordered pancakes. Those so might... are our pancakes. That's right. Flapjack special. You get yourself communion. You get forgiveness as well as a hearty breakfast. You throw some maple syrup on those. I mean, they taste pretty good to me. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we're not. Now, Dindy. It... Yes, Daughtry. Oh, <laughs> again, not Daughtry. I, I do have a question. I, I, a lot of, I guess. The What's it like singing it. on that stage, huh? Again, I'm not Daughtry. What is that got to be like? What is that got to be like? You're up there, you're playing the guitar, you're doing the drums, you're looking out the girls are going, oh my God, it's Daughtry. The boys are all wearing their leather jackets and you go, this is really, what's that got to be like? I do like? think you're thinking of Chris Daughtry, uh, contestant, I, I think, on American Idol. Um... Famous oh music. Oh my I mean, I god. Do. And look at that. Just like that, it looks like I do know someone's last name after all. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry about that. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. But I am forgiven by the very own patron here, who is not Daughtry Chris, but he is another man. Uh, he does not sing, but he sings your good word. And he now, Diddy, so... I do have a quick question. Uh, I get, a lot of, I guess, uh, the criticisms towards your restaurant come from the religious community and tend to, they think of your establishment as a bit sacrilegious. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. And I'll tell you what. I got one name for you. I got one name for you. Roger. That's right. Roger, my ex-husband. Oh my God, he's going around. It's he's just trying to bring me down because he's jealous of this place. He wanted this more than anything in the world, and you know now that he's gone, he just wants to take me down. Wow. So, so, so you founded this restaurant, Texas Big Steaks, with your ex-husband Roger. Is that what? That's right. Okay. With Roger. Okay. That's right. And how long ago was he that? wants this so bad? He wants this. He wants a piece of it so bad. So he's out to get me. He passed away. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Okay. Um, I just need to circle back because I feel like you said passed away. When you say passed away, do you mean that your ex-husband is no longer with us? Or do you... I said I'm working. Oh, my God. Oh well, I'm God. sorry. No, we're I'm sorry. The waitresses are coming in and out of here. Well, we're interrupting you um, on on a, on what seems like a pretty busy day. You've got quite a few quite a few people in here, and you're moving pretty fast back here. And it doesn't seem like you have that much staff. No, no. And everyone here, yeah, they're they're working extra. <laughs> but don't put don't don't include that because <laughs> that one's not exactly. Uh, that one's not so legal. Uh, so that's just between us, the three of us, good friends. <laughs> now, did you have a question for me there, Mr. Sir Gabriel? 
Oh yeah, I did. I, I well, I just wanted to get a, just get a vibe of you know the history of this place because so much of Route 66 is about the history, and this is one of Route 66's famous locations. So you, you. and Thank Roger, you. I guess, founded this yeah. quite a while ago. Oh yeah. Ago. Well, what happened was very simple. We're out on a date. First date. One of our first dates. He said, well, "I'll have a soup." He ordered a soup. I said, "What's your biggest steak?" And the restaurant said, what do you mean? And the restaurant said, well, biggest steak's 20 ounces. I said, I'll take three. He said, no. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. So there I am. I'm eating three steaks. I finish them all. And I'm still a little bit hungry after. And he looks at me. He goes, oh, my God, you got a skill. You got a talent. I said, what do you mean I got a talent? And my voice, my singing voice, I started singing. And he said, no, not that. Please stop. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's that you can eat steak that fast and that much. And I said, really? That? Because I'm still hungry. And so that's kind of the basis of it. He said, well, what if we come up with a restaurant where if people eat that much, the meal's for free? If not, they got to pay for it. Turns out, nobody can eat that much. <laughs> so I made a lot of bank on that. And the religious stuff kind of came after uh yeah, but it, it started with I just find that so interesting. I mean, most often, restaurants, I feel like, are catered to the people or what the customer wants. But this sounds like it was created for what you wanted and really only And that. really more, yeah. What, what do people go, I don't want that. How could never even eat that? I don't want that. We kind of came from it from that angle, from, oh, God, this is not what I want. Sort of like, ugh. And, and that, that gets butts and seats. You sell the T-shirts. I ate as much as her, and it's, you know, pointing to me, and I stand next to them. Now, something that I do want to just, and again, if this is out of left field, I don't want to insult you or anything, but what it does almost seem like is that you set up to have a lot of the space on the walls um, filled by Polaroids of people who had completed (laughs) that challenge, the steak challenge. And then what, just to me, and I hate, I might be completely wrong here, Dindy, but maybe I'm not. What it seems like is, you overestimated how many people could eat that much steak, and nobody got up on the wall. And then so rather than have empty walls, maybe you filled it with with just just very graphic crucifixes and, and various things well, like that? Well, um, <laughs> you might be the smartest person I've ever met in my life, Gabriel, because uh, that's pretty spot on. Yeah, that's just about the timeline that adds up. I thought that there'd be a lot of people who'd be able to do it, and I, let's just say a lot of people not only could not, but a lot of people got fairly sick. <laughs> a lot of people had negative... <laughs> now, that, that's be, I mean, let's just talk about the contest here, right? Because it's not just about eating 72 ounces of steak. It's about eating 72 ounces of absolutely uncooked steak. Is that correct? <laughs> Now, it's not just rare, it's not medium rare, it's purely, hasn't touched heat, in fact, sometimes cold, raw steak. Is that right? Well, a lot of people call that steak tartare, and that's fancy, fancy. So I was appealing to the fancy crowd, because I'm pretty fancy myself. And, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, what I thought was steak tartare, my whole life I've been eating steak tartare, turns out... Wasn't exactly steak tartare <laughs> so much as it was more or less the raw meat. And so I had built mm-hmm. up such a strong gut. <laughs> now me, you, you have opposite For me, I mean, powers. it churned just... it right up. It was like a fire in there. It's an incinerator <laughs> in my stomach. 
Yeah, so. Okay. Oh, I don't believe in all that, but yeah, lactose intolerance, if you want to call it that. I call it, yeah, weak tum-tum. So for me, I don't have a weak one. I got a nice, strong one. So people start coming in, and that was some confusion. I think that's probably what, realistically, I, some people, that's probably what people got sick from. And when I say sick, I mean very sick. We were the originator of the mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you guys did that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think that... Well, that explains to us why this place has such lasting power, because you're constantly making headlines. And let's just say we needed a miracle at that point. So that's sort of when, lo and behold, the religious aspect came into, came to be because we had just at that point, we were so in it. Mm. You know, we you know, really... This, this all please makes so much... Laundry. <laughs> not laundry. No, not laundry. Uh, this all makes so much sense because I think when we came in here, you were talking to the waitresses and everyone was ordering pancakes, it sounded like. And I was like, why would anyone order pancakes at the steak restaurant? And it turns out, I think they're just ordering it because the alternative would give them a disease. So I imagine the pancakes are probably the big hit here. Well, that's definitely part of it. I think it definitely turned some people off. The challenge is still here. We still do it. It's still what I eat for breakfast. But a lot of people have not done that. So people, as you can tell, you guys came in here. Um, it's, it's not so much that people choose to come here. It's that there's really no other option for about... 70 to 80 miles in either direction. Mm. So if you happen to get hun hungry in this 100-mile stretch, that's you're going to have to stop here. And so I think people might be afraid of eating the meat, so they go to the flapjacks, um, but they should be afraid of that too because, as you heard, someone dropped it on the floor. I told them to put it on the plate. Anything this is goes also making here, so you clear know? to me when we came in the grade pending sign from the health inspector that you kind of scribbled an A over top of. I don't know if I scribbled that on. What, what do you mean? What well, do you mean? I d well, the voice that you're doing, I think, makes it clear. You did know, uh, Dindy, but we don't have to get into the, you know, but it just I just want you to know, just person to person, this is audio only, and just <laughs> the way that that came across, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have hit it worse. Um, well, that's interesting <laughs> because, so you didn't buy that, because I actually have some, I do have some acting background. Is that I right? I do a little bit of theater. That's right. What, what shows were you involved That's in? That's right. It's sort of less that. It's more whenever I got uh, like a lawsuit for the for the sickness, for the meat, I would, I would, you know, go in and pre pretend to kind of not know what the hell they were talking about. And that's, <laughs> that takes some real skill. I had people tell me after, oh my God, you should, you know, you could, you're, you could be with Marlon Brando and all those types. So... <laughs> Um, so what you're speaking yeah. about sounds a lot to me like perjury. Oh, well, don't you bring the the Lord's sin on me. I think it's just trying to keep the family fed. And, you know, in order to do that, sometimes you have to you have to bend the truth a little bit. That's it. Absolutely. Well, I understand that. That I do understand and I do agree with. I'm so glad. How about, you know what? I think now's a good time for a quick break. I, I got you guys both a little something, so I figure if you don't mind, I'm just going to take a quick break. Oh, Here wow. You both are. These. Um, and so that's kind of the, that's the, that's the whole 60 yeah, ounces. Yeah, these are so. enormous and just 
completely bleeding red. And it's yep. 100% boneless. I mean, this is something yeah. that I don't typically see in a steak this large. Is This is, yeah, this is a big old boneless slab of meat here. Isn't that great? The cows I get, I'm telling you, they don't got bones for miles. They're basically just, they're ba- I don't know how they stand up. Uh, well, that's probably a lot just... of the nuclear testing that's gone on out, out here out west. Yeah, right. But now that, here he comes again, Gabriel, the smart one, with those words. Nuclear testing, all that stuff. Who knows? <laughs> thank, you so much. thank you for saying that. Well, sure, this is sure. great. I, I don't want to be rude. Uh, I did just eat, so I, I don't think I could even hazard a, a bite on this. And, and I'd just like to say, you know, the rest of your menu is insanely cheap, so I don't think I need the meal free um, in a way that is worth... Um, diving into this kind of thing. Um, so maybe I should work on my prices, Mr. Smart Guy over here, Mr. Consultant. No, I'm just saying, I'm just giving you, I'm just, I'm just letting you well, know. I why think I'm it's not... a great idea though. Maybe I should make my flapjacks a little bit more expensive, incentivize people to get to, to, to go, I mean, to go in on that steak for the free thing. Cause yeah. I mean, it's a large stack of pancakes. It's on the menu here. It says 70 cents. And to me, that's, just so much a better deal than risking even trying I, anywhere also than you can oh, get my anywhere. God, I'm glad you boys stepped in. I never even thought of that. I never even thought of that. See, in my mind, I think 70 cents, close to a dollar, close to $2, and before you know it, you're at 20. Right. That's kind of in the right, ballpark. Right, right, Oh, my God. Right. Well, that's something to think about, but then I'd have to print new menus, and that's a whole thing. I can't get my stupid printer to work for the life of me. That thing's got a frickin' mind of its own, I'll tell you what. It's a devil's possessed I completely understand that. Um, Dindy, before we let you go here, I do, sure. I do just want to say, you know, even though this area of the country and Route 66, it's, so, yeah. it's quintessentially America, right? This yeah. is Americana. But oh, it yeah. is. But it is a way of life that so much of 2020 America just doesn't understand. Yeah. Just they don't connect with it. They don't get it. So I want to ask you, what's mm-hmm. something about your life, about your job, about your way of life yeah. here, anything, that you think is important for the rest of America to know that are listening to this podcast? Mer- the rest of America is listening to this? Absol- oh, my. Yeah, absolutely. Hello out there. First of all, it's nice to meet you. I'm Dindy. Hello. Um, what's your favorite color? I like turquoise. I want to say hi. If you're in California, holy moly, I'd love to come visit you. So send me your address and I'll send you mine and you can come visit me. I'll come visit you. Stay for a week, maybe a month. If you got outdoor space, that'd be great. If there's a pool, I'd love that even more. It, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're in the western part of the country that's not California, I could be sold. Um, but California is my preference. Um, I think that's all. Uh, that's all I think. Thank you. Well, that's wow. Absolutely oh, fantastic. I mean, that's, I mean, if that doesn't give people an idea of what it's like here, what the people are like here, I don't know what will, Dondry. That simply said it all. So, folks, if you're traveling down Route 66, please, please pull over to Texas Big, Big Steaks. Steaks. 
Texas Big Stakes. Thank you, Dindy. Dindy Marshall, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dindy. Oh, thank you. Gabriel Dondry, thank you. You you boys stop by anytime, and I'd love to continue coming with you on the trip if we can talk about that. Uh, I'd love to join you boys. Well, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it okay. off the mic. Have a, have a okay, well, off the mic. <laughs> okay, yep. All right. All right. Okay, I don't care. I don't care if the pancakes dropped in the sink. But, well, put them on the plate and dry them off with your hair dryer. As we pull our van out of the parking lot of Texas Big Steaks, we set our sights for New Mexico. <laughs> now, as you leave Texas and enter New Mexico, you absolutely must check out the ghost town of Glen Rio. Once a bustling little railroad town on the Texas-New Mexico border, Glen Rio was completely abandoned when the coolest guy there moved to L.A. in 1979. The whole town abandoned their shops, homes, jobs, and schools to follow Cool Ken. Once they got to L.A., the former Glen Rio citizens realized Ken was like a seven. Here we have Tumbleinis. This is the raunchy strip club where all tumbleweeds are headed whenever you see them tumbling down the road. They come here to see tumbleweeds with little bikinis on them tumble around up on the stage. They throw little specks of dust, which is their money, uh, onto the stage, and it's just heaven to them, pure heaven. While you're in New Mexico, you simply have to stop and take a picture with the world's smallest ass. For over 70 years, <laughs> Bill Kirsch has held the Guinness World Record for smallest ass, and today visitors can follow the signs to his home in Santa Fe, where he'll show it to you. Here we have the historic Wigwam Hotel. This is a roadside motel where all the buildings are shaped like wigwams. It makes up for what we did to them. Now, it may not be historic or related to Route 66, but while you're in New Mexico, don't miss Westworld, but you're an assistant coach in Madden. Housed in the city of Gallup, it's Westworld, but you're just an O-line coach for the Titans. Here is where Burning Man lets out, and all the people coming down off MDMA sit in traffic on the way back to their jobs at media companies. And down a stretch on your left, Peggy's Store on Fire. An absolute must-visit for fans of the road, Peggy's Store on Fire is a knick-knack slash Americana slash antique store that's, you guessed it, on fire. <laughs> now who knows how long this fire will last, how they keep it on fire. It's a total mystery, and all part of the charm. Of course, as we're a few dozen miles away now, I wonder if it's something that is even part of the marketing and not just the small business owner in desperate need of help. But we stopped outside and took some amazing photos nonetheless. Peggy's store on fire. And up on the left, you'll see a third largest tire in the United States. At eight feet tall and 12,000 pounds, no other tire in the world compares. This is one big tire. Here's the music video desert. This is the desert in which just about every music video in the early 2000s was shot. Give it away, you ought to know. That don't impress me much. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, California Love, Lose Control. If you were a song and you were released between 2000 and 2010, chances are you were shot here. The next stop on Route 66, the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. 1,800 miles away from New Mexico, Niagara Falls is one of the great wonders of North America. I guess the original road builders thought it was getting boring. I really don't know why we're here. Look at those falls though, damn. Kind of much better than Route 66. That was just a road. Once you see something like this, you realize, oh, a road should be built around something like this. Not just long stretches of dust. And, and I mean, it, not only is it just like this incredible force of nature, I mean, it powers things, right? It, like, electricity is created because of the natural 
It's it's just beautiful. I mean, <laughs> and would you look at that? Is that the fourth largest tire in the United States? I see four whole wheels. That makes a car. Where is that little rascal? As we pass into Arizona, our stop will be the Route 66 Interactive Museum. Featuring old signs, billboards, and cars, the museum also houses an interactive exhibit, Recordings from the Mother Road, historic and authentic audio recordings from travelers of Route 66. Name's Bud Kennedy. It's 1928. Me and my fiance got on the road trying to follow our favorite band, the guys who wrote Silent Night. We're lost and it's dusty as shit. Donna Walton, I've been a waitress at Diner 66 my whole life. Craziest thing I ever saw there, this man came in and asked for a short stack of pancakes, except he wanted the cakes to have little square sections in them like waffles. Well, hon, I said to him, that's just waffles. He said, no, it's like waffles, but they're still pancakes. I don't like the firm ridges, he said. I, I tried my best, but I really just kind of pressed on the pancakes with a spoon in spots, but uh, he loved them. Rogers. Came out west with my family in search of a new life. I'm lost as hell. I mean, completely <laughs> whiffed it. I, the map blew out the window. I mean, friggin' lost it. Took the dog out for a piss and we pulled over, lost him. I mean, we are just completely friggin' lost. I can't even describe. Where the hell am I? Evan Boyle, uh, I saw a lizard once when I was driving. Sandy Kunkel! Uh, I got a job in Hollywood as a stuntman on a little movie called A Porno. I'm real excited to get there and start working, leave that old life behind. Only problem is, I'm lost. I mean, damn, it's just one road, but shit, I have no idea where I am. I think I fell asleep, honestly, for a while, and now I'm just friggin' way the hell out of here. I don't know if I'm in America, I don't know if I'm in North America, I don't know if I'm dead, I'm freaking lost. Paul Dotson, did you all know cars have brakes? I'm telling you, the trouble that would have saved me. My name is Lester Smith, um, I'm very excited to have opened Route 66's first puppy mill out here in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Stop on by, it's like regular dog buying, except we fixed it. Made it much easier and more efficient. Nothing wrong with the way we do it here. We got over 400 puppies in a little strip mall. And you can come over and buy them. What kind of puppy you want? Big? Small? Medium? We got them all. Uh, would prefer to remain anonymous. Uh, I robbed an armored truck on Route 66. Came out with about 400k. Turns out the government's got pretty close eye on stuff like that, though. They caught me and they instantly pantsed me and made me hug a cactus. Edgar Gutierrez, I had to paint the yellow dotted line down the middle of the entirety of Route 66. Uh, we didn't have the technology back then, so I did it by hand. But, you know, hey, I, I didn't mind it much. I, I enjoyed the fresh air and I'm crazy. At last, we come to the final state on Route 66. California. Great stops in California include the Bottle Tree Ranch, a series of metal sculptures covered in glass bottles. Next door, there's also Bottle Cap Pile, 
which feels like it's just the caps from the Bottle Tree Ranch in a big pile, but the artist insists it's more than that, and it's actually worth the price of admission. Here's where someone spray-painted an extra six on the Route 66 sign, so it's like the devil, I guess. Uh, in like a mile or so, there's a yellow diamond-shaped sign with a guy and a horse, and someone drew a big wiener on the horse. Um, yeah. The teens responsible were sentenced to death in 1961. <laughs> Along the California stretch of the Mother Road, you'll also find a familiar sight, the first ever McDonald's. That's right. Travelers escaping famine and poverty along the historic route used to pull over for a large fry and a boy toy, just like you or me. Up here on the right is where you'll find a character from a prestige drama at a lone payphone, angrily smashing the receiver into the payphone before hanging up. Something illegal they are doing is not working out, but they're too deep in it now. Getting tired of the long stretches and running out of conversation? On our many travels, but especially on Route 66, Dondre and I pass the time by playing a car game called 20 Things I Don't Respect About You At All. One of the passengers has to come up with 20 made up things they don't respect about the other one. <laughs> now word of warning, Dondre's really good. <laughs> he can go on for hours. They're blowing way past 20, and a lot of times they aren't even funny. Uh, there's nothing weird about them, you know, there's nothing unusual to make, make you get a laugh. Uh, they seem real, but it's a super fun game and will pass whole states that way. Well, we've made it. Santa Monica Pier. Now, just as the pioneers moving west from the Dust Bowl ended their trips to California, let us now ride the little roller coaster at the end of the Santa Monica Pier, the one from Grand Theft Auto V. As we pay the $15 and climb the stairs, let the roller coasters up and downs bring to mind the up and downs of the lives of all the people across the century who lived off Route 66, and the ups and downs of the route itself. Route 66 ran through hundreds of small towns that had previously had no connection to national thoroughfares, and led to the rise in popularity of mom-and-pop shops, diners, and other small businesses. In essence, Route 66 was an artery, supplying the American dream to vast expanses of the country much like how the highways of today help make the new American dreams possible. Night managing an interstate truck stop or having your road rage public freakout captured on camera and uploaded to the front page of reddit.com. <laughs> Just along the pier, why don't you stop in at the Route 66 gift shop and pick up some Route 66 souvenirs like a little cup of road dirt, a fun old-timey picture with Snoopy's weird desert brother covered in soot, or a used Prius. Though countless lives, businesses, and even whole towns were upended by the Federal Highway Act of 1956, take solace in the fact that without it, John Lasseter would never have come up with the Cars franchise. This concludes our extended tour here on the Mother Road. Before you go, please rate and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. Your positive feedback helps our little podcast grow, which allows us to educate more and more people. And just a quick shout out to our guest, Alyssa Limparis. She's so funny. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can follow her online on Twitter at Alyssa Limp. I think the same on Instagram, the same on everything. Go follow her if you don't already. This has been American Detour. <laughs>